Welcome to 30 Minutes to Wealth, the show that teaches you how to build wealth through real estate. Our company, ProFunds Mortgages, has assisted real estate investors in achieving wealth for over two decades. Over the next 30 minutes, we're going to share some of our key strategies in real estate with you. Right here on 30 Minutes to Wealth. We're here with our guest, Jordan Gerlanda. Jordan, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So Jordan, you've grown up in a family of entrepreneurs. You graduated from law school. You're now working uh, as a lawyer at an in-house law firm. What triggered you know, the motivation to get started in real estate? Well, I don't know if I had uh, much of a like an initial motivation. When I first started working, I really wasn't doing anything with my money, uh, You know, especially as a young lawyer just getting established in your career. I found myself so worried about my clients' affairs that I wasn't even taking care of my own. So my money was really just sitting in a savings account, not doing anything. Um, yeah. yeah, probably not ideal. When I first started to getting around thinking about doing something with my money, uh, I kind of went the standard route and, you know, I was had the advisors and the telemarketers calling me, setting me up with mutual funds and, and things of that nature. Now, uh, can I just ask you, why did you think of getting into these mutual funds? Was it just because other people were telling you about it or how yeah, did you manage that? It was that? really just kind of going with the flow and that seemed to be what uh, everyone else was doing. the predominant practice was. The yeah. kind of conventional wisdom was, you know, you put your money in a mutual fund and it just kind of grows that way. Um, so obviously started doing that. A year or two went by and uh, just kind of looking at the returns, you know, year over year, it was, you know, Minimal. it was kind of, yeah, it was, it wasn't much and it was, you know, you know, three or 4%, you should be happy. And I'm like, uh, and I started thinking to myself, is that really all that's out there? Uh, is there nothing else? And today's kind of an interesting story because we're going to talk about how you got involved from an active um, standpoint in real estate, but also a passive side, which is kind of nice that you've diversified already into a couple different streams. So to start, let's talk about your, the active side. Let's talk about the condo that you purchased. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what was it like you purchased back in 2016? I believe. Yes. Yeah. So what was it like? I mean, that's such a, such a competitive market at that point in time. What was it like, uh, you know, trying to purchase a condo then? Yeah. In downtown Toronto. Yeah. So prior to purchasing, I had been living downtown as a renter from about 2010 to 2015. Mm -hmm. Um, And so obviously you see how a certain just amount of your income just goes away every month. And you know, you never really have anything to show for it after that, except yep. for having a place to live. Um, so I, I did the renter thing for a while. Um, and then obviously I knew I was going to be working downtown for a while. So mm-hmm. I obviously looked for something that I could build equity in. Mm-hmm. I didn't really plan it as a sort of speculative make money type of investment. Right. It was your home. Yeah, it was my home. But the experience kind of shocked me because I ended up buying like a two bedroom in King West. It was about a thousand square feet. Um, for about, uh, well, it was listed for 749, um, and I paid 759. So, so there's actually bidding wars. Coming yeah. Into um, and getting away with only being able to pay like 10,000, uh, over asking is kind of like getting <laughs> away with murder nowadays. It's, yeah. It seems like, because now you just have the crazy bidding wars. You know, I, I hadn't really been thinking too much. Okay. What's this going to be worth in a year or two years, three years. It was more just, this is my place to live. Um, and but, today, and today, just keeping an eye on the listings, uh, I know an identical unit, uh, three floors below mine mm-hmm. sold for around 980,000. Yeah. And that was over the course of like 11 months. It, it's still incredible to see that how much equity you've been able to, to make yeah. just over that period of time where yeah. versus if you were just paying your rent, first of all, day. you'd be making somebody else money cause you're paying off mm-hmm. their mortgage, not your own. Exactly. 
So even if just clearly you even broke even on the purchase price and it didn't increase in value, you're paying down your own mortgage. You're not paying down somebody else's. Yeah. So it makes total sense to own. I can't even fathom renting, mm-hmm. but uh, that's because I've been in, in the real estate world for so long, yeah. but it just uh, doesn't even make sense. Yeah. And and obviously, you know, I haven't sold it yet. So I'm just kind of yes. looking at what the benchmarks are saying right now, but a yeah. 30% return in 11 months is wow. pretty powerful. It is. Yeah. Powerful. So how has that changed your perception of, you know, real estate and investment mm-hmm. strategies? I mean, there's so many young people in Toronto that are kind of just, you know, grinding that, just, you know, paying their rent and they don't really think too much about, you know, what about, what if I buy? Yeah, I think it kind of woke me up in a sense. You know, I'd always known uh, real estate was always supposed to be a safe investment, but you know, the fact that it like vastly outperformed any other investment I've ever made in in my life was a bit of a wake up call. And, you know, it helped me realize that land is an inherently scarce resource. It's the one thing they can't make any more of. You're right. And especially in certain neighborhoods in Toronto, where there's a huge pressure on inventory, like every scrap of land a developer is trying to build on. um, it, It really goes to show that you know, it's it's not only a safe investment, you can actually uh, do quite well if, well, if Canada, you make focus. Canada is looked upon so favorably and we have so many people coming into our country mm-hmm. and uh, moving here because of it being the good, safe place it is. Mm-hmm. And so the demand for housing and real estate keeps growing. So, you know, those people that are out there saying, oh, I'll wait till it you know, the prices go down. It's going to, it's going to level off sometime or another. Well, I think mm-hmm. I'd buy now. I wouldn't wait around because every year yeah. <laughs> keeps going up. I don't see that. Yeah. Happening. Like in my view, they talk about corrections and I think, you know, the market softens that point and things plateau. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think if you're waiting for a 20% or a 30% drop in prices, you know, absent some sort of national financial crisis, in my view, I think you're waiting for something that's never going to happen. Yes, so, I agree. Um, it, you know, if it is your plan to start building equity, um, you know, uh, the best time in, is now. now. Yeah. And even if, as you said, even if there are little drops here and there, real estate is something that no matter what over the years has always proven to go back up. It's always stabilized. So, um, you know, I love it. Yeah, even in in other markets, Mm -hmm. if you want to look at, you know, my parents bought a place in Florida around the financial crisis, 2009, 2010. That was great for them. So not only exchange rate at the time, but, you know, they bought a short sale, so they got a good deal on that. But even just looking at housing prices, uh, if your time horizon is long enough, uh, like in my opinion, you can really ride out anything. You know, obviously, if you're a speculator and you had to sell it that year and you were structurally thin, then that's not a good situation. But uh, Mm -hmm. if you're taking a long-term approach, you kind of ride out the highs and, and lows overall. So absolutely. Oh, well, your story with your condo is incredible. Now, what about the passive side? What prompted you to look more into getting involved in real estate, but in a way that you didn't really have to actively be involved on a, from a management perspective or anything like that? Yeah. So obviously in my investment approach, I'm like a busy person, so I'm not you know, I don't want to be logging in every day and micromanaging stock trades and mm-hmm. um, and doing that. And, you know, I want something passive um, and I wanted something that, you know, was predictable and I had some sort of uh, security in. Um, you know, I liked the appeal of the private mortgage lending because it's secured on the collateral mm-hmm. um, versus a stock. If you buy it and it's worth $120 a share one week and 
you know, a month later, it's worth $5 a share. There's no recourse there, right? You're right. Um, and the predictability, right? I just like knowing what my return was going to be every month. Uh, I just kind of came in. And then in terms of like lifestyle planning, it makes it easier too, because you don't have that volatility in terms of what your monthly cash flow is going to be. It's sure. it's steady and predictable. So uh, it makes it easier to manage it's that It's important way. too, to start, like starting at your age um, <laughs> is so important because you could build so much wealth for yourself by the time you're 50 yeah. outside of your own career. But this passive money is actually, you're making money while you're sleeping. What, didn't you tell me that your, your yeah, father? Yeah, let's say my dad always used to tell me is, you know, you got to make money while you sleep. Um, I love that. Because otherwise as a lawyer, especially being a, in a service industry, uh, a lot of the revenue, at least in private practice works on like a billable hour. Um, so you, you know, you can do okay for yourself in the field, but if you're not, as long, as, as, you're long as you're working, because if you're not billing anytime, you're not making a, a dime, right? Mm -hmm. So it's so dependent on you and kind of the, uh, the time that you're putting in. Um, but it's important to have something else, you know, running in the background that's, you know, if you ever get into a position in life where you can't work or something happens, God forbid, uh, yeah. to have that kind of safety net. Let's discuss what exactly is a private mortgage investment. Yes, absolutely. So, and, and for the viewers, a mortgage investment is uh, your funds, you're lending your money to another party, and it's actually registered on title on the property. So that's your security. That's your comfort zone. So, so you're, you're um, essentially taking the place of a bank and you're coming in as a private entity lending those funds. That's right. Mm -hmm. And the returns on a first mortgage, which means you're in first position on the property and the returns there are anywhere between 7 and 11%. And a second mortgage, which means you'd go behind a bank or behind another person or a lender. And those returns are anywhere between, let's say, uh, 10 and 16%. So the returns are, are pretty significant. And for the fact that you actually have security, mm -hmm. not like a stock like we were talking about earlier, yeah. something happens, it's like no recourse. Yeah. We're here, you have something, right. you have the asset. So what was the process like when you first were you know, getting involved with mortgage lending? Were you scared? Um, yeah, I guess as a lawyer, I'm trained to be naturally suspicious well, of yes. anything that I haven't done before and that's, that's right. new and unfamiliar. So, uh, you know, I, I bided my time a little bit and looked at the different projects that were coming through um, then found one that, you know, looked like something I could be interested in. So I, I reached out to ProFunds and they sent me uh, an information package, mm -hmm. uh, which was, you know, a big pile of due diligence, financial statements of the borrower, um, you know, regulatory disclosure statements that show you, you know, how many other investors are going to be in, in the project. Um, you know, what, if it's, if it's a commercial situation, what, you know, the rent roll is like with all the tenants. So mm -hmm. really just giving you kind of the blueprint of this business. So how much was your first investment that you started with? So my first investment, I was obviously just getting my feet wet. Um, so you want to start a little bit lower yeah. than right. the traditional minimums, which are 50,000. Right. So I started with uh, about 20 or $25,000, something good. like that. Yeah. Uh, just to kind of get comfortable and see how it goes. That's right. Yeah. Well, we do make exceptions. Like typically the minimum is 50,000. But in, in the rare case, we have someone that's, you know, really just wanting to start to get into it and they're not really comfortable with putting in more. We'll make mm -hmm. the exception to allow for them to come in with, you know, 20 or 25,000. In some cases, we have small mortgages like that. Right. An individual might be requesting a mortgage for 25,000 just to help uh, possibly pay off um, maybe a tax arrears and then they can go back to the bank and refinance 
and in that case, it's a smaller loan amount. So mm-hmm. it is it is open for people that do have less money that they can come in with and start or just get their feet wet. Right. And, you know, obviously I, I got comfortable with that and that project, you know, seeing how well that went combined with my own personal experience buying real estate kind of really helped solidify in my mind. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like there's value here. Yes. Um, and so in subsequent projects, I've obviously gone. So are higher. you in projects or, cause there are two types of funding. Um, just so our viewers know, it's not all projects. It could be individuals borrowing money. Um, it could be uh, a development project and it could be an existing building. So what did you invest in? Um, so I believe my first one was just like a, a business loan. I okay. believe it was a business that was looking to expand their facility. So it was like an existing... An individual type of style. Oh, I see. You know, yeah. it was like a commercial kind of... Uh, a commercial building? Right. Okay, good. Um, for a business. And um, I believe the second one was kind of in the, in the same nature, but I, I, you know, went higher in terms of the amount I invested in the second one. And we're actually going to go through a case study for the viewers um, just to show them kind of, if you're getting started in a mortgage investment, what can you expect? What are the terms? So we're going to go through a, a real case study of a mortgage that is currently active and is actually planned to be paid out very shortly. Um, but in this case, so the, the borrower that was look, that was seeking the funds was raising about $4.6 million and the minimum investment was 50000 So investors could come in with, with with that minimum. It was a first mortgage investment, meaning that it was in first priority registered on that real estate. And the loan to value was the most amazing part. So basically the loan to value ratio is the percentage of debt that's registered on the real estate compared to that value of the real estate. So traditionally speaking, the lower the loan to value, the better, meaning that we've got a better buffer of equity there available. So security. In this case, so it's your security. So in this case, um, our loan to value was around 37%. So I mean, I think for someone that's very conservative wanting to get in, that's a fantastic figure because you've got, you know, 67 plus percent buffer of equity there available. So obviously, you know, I I played it pretty conservative for the first time. Very good though. That's Um, good timing though, that that came along because we rarely see deals that are are this low of a loan to value. We have often 50, 60, 65, 75, 80, right? right? But, you know, in rare circumstances, we're able to secure something like that. Right. And, you know, that's the one thing I watch is the loan to value because people always say, well, a second position mortgage is riskier. Well, it's like, well, maybe not. You have to look at the loan to value. There could be first position mortgages that are risky if the loan to value isn't right. 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 You can have a first mortgage at 85 or you can have a second mortgage at 50. Right. So it's not about right. first or second necessarily de- right. determining the risk factors. Right. It's the loan to the value. And also what's critical um, is when you do consider a mortgage investment that there's an appraisal that goes right. with it. Because a lot of other people in the industry out there are satisfied with an opinion of value, which means maybe a real estate agent might come out and say, okay, yeah, that's, that's worth this. But you need somebody that's regulated and um, that has something to lose if, they, if they're not providing you with accurate right. information. Right. So appraisals are critical because that's right. the whole part of your security, knowing right. the value of what the property right. is. And that's obviously something I looked at closely in this, this uh, disclosure package was the appraisal, right? Mm-hmm. And it's done by a professional appraiser. Like and making sure firm. you're comfortable with that before proceeding. Right. And every investor gets to do that before they decide. So I think that's a really important factor as well. Mm-hmm. Right. And so in this deal as well, so it was a, it was a one-year term and the return was 10% per annum. So it was, it was a little bit more on the conservative end, given all that security. So for someone that came in with a $50,000 investment, you know, you're, you're taking, you're getting about $420 per month in extra cash flow. Yeah. 
which is which is great, especially for those that are you know just getting started to see that extra cash flow come in. How did how did that benefit you? Yeah, for me, I just I treated it like just extra money coming in. Um, I uh, went towards your mortgage payments. Yeah, like my condo fees, right? <laughs> yeah, my condo fees are about around five six hundred bucks a month. So between kind of the monthly payments I had from the mortgage investments, they kind of paid off my condo fees. So that's kind of how I looked at it. It was just like, oh, here's another piece of life that just kind of gets taken care of, right? Amazing. And so gradually, like yeah. the more that's incredible, the more kind of slices of things that. You, you can know, remove off of your plate. The expenses of your existence that you can kind of start taking yeah. off your plate and getting taken care of. That's, that's the, the closer you are to retirement. Financial freedom. Right? So every year, my goal is to kind of just be able to do that a little bit more than the year before. Absolutely. So, so some of the main things I think we'd like to kind of summarize is why is it so important for, you know, the younger generation to get started in real estate now as opposed to later? And I think there's so many different benefits, but what do you see as being one of the, the key things in getting started? now? You know, I, I think in my view, um, real estate is just one of those few uh, investment vehicles that is still a very powerful in- investment to make. And it's kind of stood the test of time of just real estate always kind of appreciates. And the fact that, you know, if you can get started now, uh, it just brings you closer to retirement because, uh, you know, wages really haven't gone up much in the last 30 or so years, but the costs of everything else still has, right? Still do, right. So increasingly people are trying to find more ways to, you know, be able to um, have a cash flow and, and live comfortably and not just live paycheck to paycheck and depend on a salary, um, you know, because if you lose your job or you get sick, um, that could be one step away from yeah, there's bankruptcy, no right? There's yeah. no fallback. So just, the earlier you can start kind of putting that safety net together, the better. Well, you did an analysis on... Uh, compounding yeah. um, a mortgage investment and recycling the interest you've earned. And it was and such a, a valuable, it actually was an eye opener for me. Um, I mean, I've been doing this for so long. And then she said, you know, Jordan said, well, let's uh, compound this. And she put together a whole uh, formula and in over five yeah, years, you can double your money. Yeah, it's over six years, you can, you can more than double your money. Yeah. So it's pretty interesting yeah. to see the possibilities that are, that are out there. And, you know, we see so many people coming to us that are at the retirement stage and they're like, oh my gosh, if I only did this earlier, the place I would be now, right? Oh so to have that set up, you know, when you're younger, so you can build that nest egg, I think is is so important. Right. Yeah. And you, you don't have to start off with a ton of money to make it worthwhile because when you're making 10 to 16% on your return, you're making like, you know, the equivalent to what you would be if you were in a mutual fund investing, you know, triple or quadruple Exactly. The, the principle, right? Exactly. So, um, even with a smaller amount of money, it can still be worthwhile. Lucrative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, do you have any future real estate goals? What's What's on the plate next for you? Um, More well, mortgage investments? Yeah. I mean, I have <laughs> um, a big project maturing. I think it is tomorrow, or uh, maybe a, Some, yeah, a couple of days from out. now. Yep. Um, so then, once that happens, I'll uh, you know I'll take a scan through what what projects are on the horizon and uh, right. keep it rolling. Yeah. Well, there's always there's always more coming. So yeah. uh, when you're ready, um, we have a portal on, on the ProFunds website. Right. It's a VIP portal that you can log into mm-hmm. and, and see all the current mortgage offerings that are available for you. Yeah. So, And I, I thought that was really helpful when you uh, when you guys rolled that out because then I didn't have to wait for the newsletter to come through every month. I could yeah. just see what the current kind of state of play was on everything that's open right now. So yes. you can just kind of hop in there at well, any time. Well, and for a little secret, yeah. you got to call Jordan now and then yeah. and say, hey, anything else you yeah. got going on there? Because yeah. there are deals that periodically come in mm-hmm. and they come in and they're gone so quickly. 
um, that they don't make it to the portal, right? And specifically right. the smaller investments. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and that's another thing I, you know, I'd suggest too is that these projects filled up very quickly, as I've learned, and I kind of yes. had to fight for space in some of them. Yes. So, if you are interested, it's a big demand now. People are finding that this investment vehicle is is amazing, and um, that they want to get into this with the syndicate. And I just want to quickly say something about the syndicated mortgages. Um, there's a lot of stigma going on in the industry about syndicated mortgages, and really, all it is. It's about not the syndicated mortgage, but it's about the actual place you're putting your money. And all a syndicated mortgage is, is a group of people putting their money together as a pool and investing it in a mortgage investment. So yeah. as long as you're back to the the basics of loan to value yeah. appraisals and you stick to that model, you're, you're good to go. Yeah, I think, you know, as long as you're doing your due diligence and you're reading everything you're given and you're asking the right questions, then you know, that goes a long way to ensuring that you're mm-hmm. in a comfortable place. Yeah. Well, yeah. thank you so much for joining us today. Um, you know, you've shared some really valuable information about both the passive and active side in getting started. And I think a lot of investing. people will be very incentivized by this and inspired. So mm-hmm. thank you for coming on. Well, that's great. Thank you for having me. Okay. Thank you. So if you're interested in getting started and learning more about mortgage investing, you can reach us at profunds.ca for more information. 30 minutes are up. Go create wealth. Any and all of the opinions expressed by guests on this program were theirs alone and did not necessarily reflect those of the network, the producers, or the host. Please consult a professional advisor before making any investment decisions.